All right, there we go. Just had to get the microphone back in my pocket. All right. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our Old Testament text today has a special significant word for it in the Hebrew language. And the reason being is that it's the only time in the Old Testament text that a human is offered as a sacrifice to the Lord. And for that reason, the Hebrew word for it is ha-akadah, which means the binding. When I looked at our text today, a couple things came to mind, and I thought of the contrasts in our text, because at its heart, our Old Testament text from Genesis 22 is a tale of two men in very, very different circumstances. There was a father, and there was a son. The father loved his son, and the son loved his father. The father was old. The son was a young man. One led the way up that steep, rocky mountain, knowing what he was about to face, and the other carried the wood upon his shoulders, not knowing what was about to happen. One held a knife in his hand as his son laid on that altar, bound as an offering to the Lord. The first man was called Abraham, and the second was called Isaac. Over the past few weeks in our sermon series, we've been focusing on Father Abraham. We've talked about Abraham's call, about Abraham's faith, his journey, his family, his mistakes, and his triumphs. We've talked about God's covenant with Abraham, how God took care of him, how he blessed him, how he delivered him, how he gave him a son even in his old age. But today, God comes to Abraham with something that's almost unthinkable. It's remarkable, really, when you think about who God is. Abraham, God called here I am, he answered. Take your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering. There's no why. There's no reason. There's no pause or a moment to think. There's only a command given by God to take his only son and sacrifice him as an offering. It seems unfair and even strange that God would request this of Abraham after everything that's happened, you know, having him pick up everything that he owned, take his family, his, his nephew, and travel across the world to Egypt, to Israel. 
Father, God had built him up in the, in the faith and prepared him to be a father of great people who would inhabit a land flowing with milk and honey. But instead of filling his tents with countless children, or even maybe four children or three children, God gave him just the one. And now, years later, after Isaac has grown up and he's watched him become a young man, all those promises that seemed ready to be fulfilled are suddenly gone. And God says, I have a change of plans. And so at Abraham, at God's command, Abraham binds his son with wood and lays him on that altar. And while none of us have obviously been placed in this sort of scenario where we're about to sacrifice someone in this way, the story of Abraham and Isaac can be very relatable as well. Sometimes we can feel like Abraham, feel as if Everything is going well, and then all of a sudden, one day, after all those blessings that God has given us for a few years, it all goes to pieces. And those things that we once counted as blessings suddenly become tragedies in our lives. I mean, one day you have that job you've worked for so many years to get, and then all of a sudden, the next day, it's just pulled from underneath your feet. One day, you see the blessings of good health, and the next you're in a doctor's office and find out that there's a tumor somewhere, maybe the size of a grape, or you have some condition that you never knew about. One day, you're preparing to graduate from high school or college, and the next, the doors are closed and you can't study or work for the things that you wanted to in your future. The economy was strong at one point, and then all of a sudden, just cycled out of control, along with the rest of the things in our life. And maybe sometimes we don't feel like Abraham. Maybe we feel more like Isaac, like we're bound to something, like we can't get away from something in our lives, like our hands are simply tied. It's like the expectant married couple ready to have children that suddenly discover they're not able to. Maybe it's the constant support of a spouse or a parent or a loved one that's suddenly taken away as we bury them in the ground. Maybe it's the betrayal of a good friend that we once thought so loyal and loving. Maybe it's the shackle of sin some sin in our life that just consistently pulls us back, that shackles us in irons as if we can't do anything about it. So why? Why does God let these things happen? What can we even do about all of this? Like Abraham, we can be faced with the reality of sudden changes in unexpected tragedies. Like Isaac, we can feel as if we're bound to our situation, bound to our shackles of sin, bound in our suffering and our hate and our anger, bound and set on an altar as another person raises a knife above us. But as we know, as we heard this morning, 
during our Old Testament text. That's not how this story ended. And it's not how our story ends either. For we know that even as Abraham raised that knife and ready to burn the stake, the angel of the Lord called out to him and said, Abraham. And there, caught in a thicket of thorns not too far away, was a substitute for his son, a scapegoat for Isaac. And you know, at the beginning, I told you how my mind jumped to the contrast between these two men's situation. But you know, the true contrast isn't between Abraham and Isaac. The contrast for our Old Testament text comes between this passage and a tale that would happen thousands of years later on that same exact mountain. There was once a heavenly father and his incarnate son. The father loved his son, and the son loved his father. The father sent him out into the world to save it, and the son was sent. And then one day, the father forsook his blessed son turned his back on him, and allowed him to be bound to a cross. The sun made his way up through those weaving streets of Jerusalem, up that mountain, climbing that ancient hill called Golgotha, the same exact hill that Isaac was about to be offered on all those thousands of years before. And the father gave up his son in Isaac's place in our place. Those nails were sent splintering into the palms of, our hand, of his hands as those Roman soldiers held the hammer above Christ's hand. And he was hoisted upon that cross. There was no substitute that day. There was no scapegoat. There was only Christ, alone, bearing the weight of our sins upon his outstretched arms and crying out to his Father that he would deliver him from all of this. Only hope and help never came. That Father remained silent, and Christ, bound to that cross, bowed his head and gave up his spirit and was led and laid into the darkness of a tomb. Now that's a tale of contrast. On the one hand, the salvation of every man, woman, and child won for us. And on the other hand, the sacrifice and death of an innocent son of God. In the end, that is what we walk away with when we learn about Abraham and his faith and his life. We certainly see Abraham's faith. We witness the promises and rejoice in the lineage of the patriarchs of our faith because ultimately it isn't two different tales or two different stories. It's one story 
played out over thousands and thousands of years, continued on into today. It is the story of the Bible. It's the story of our Heavenly Father who provides the ultimate sacrifice in His only Son, Jesus Christ. So on the days when it seems tough and rough and like God has forgotten the blessings that he's given to you, when that job that you wanted your whole life suddenly is ripped away from you, when school isn't going the way you'd planned, when you lose your loved ones, when you feel bound by sin. Look back to Abraham and Isaac and the cross. Look to the story of the Bible. For in these pages, in this book, you see an image of grace for each and every day. An image of Christ crucified and risen from the dead. Because our God is a God of promises, he cut a covenant with Abraham that through him and his people, Israel, Abraham would become one of the fathers of the world, one of the patriarchs of our faith. And through him, many, many hundreds of years later, a child would be born to fulfill those promises. A son of God and son of man, who would be called Jesus Christ the Lord. The true ha-akedah, the true binding, would come when Christ would take Isaac's place and take our place. He would be bound to the wood of that cross on Golgotha, bearing our sins and rising in victory three days later. And though our burdens and our chains may continue to hurt us and try to trap us now as we go forth, we go forth now with certainty that Christ was bound on our behalf. And through his victory, we are set free from those chains and those burdens to live in a life of grace and peace and hope. So before I end, I want to share with you the opening verses of the Gospel of Matthew. And these are important verses, even though it's so simple. And it goes like this. The book of the genealogy of Jesus the Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And we need to remember those words, for they're the legacy of Abraham and every single person in the faith that came before us. They are the fulfillment of the promises handed down from generation to generation from the time at the beginning of creation when Adam and Eve first fell to Abraham and to us today. Christ is the Savior of all mankind. And because of him, you are no longer bound. You're free. And you're saved. In Jesus' name, amen.